Welcome to the A Fire Podcast. Now streaming on Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. Sustainability. Where do we go from here? Institutional investors have certainly made progress in the last few years, but there is still a long way to go. Real estate's reluctance to embrace advanced data sensing and analytics in the years past hasn't made it any easier, but that is starting to change. And sustainability is, of course, a global challenge by definition. To solve for it, we have to collect ideas and best practices from people all over the world. And most important, we can't rely on assumptions or, or stories that uh, we might tell ourselves, like... Asia is less involved in sustainability than everyone else, even though that has been changing for some time. And there might be some things we can learn from them now if we do listen. So recently, I was introduced to someone from Seoul, South Korea, that works on sustainability matters for the government as well as for businesses in Korea. He is the executive director of the Korea Productivity Center. Uh, it's a government agency that's part of the Ministry of Trade, Industry, and Energy. He's also part of the Accountability Standards Board, leads the Sustainability Management Center for the Ministry of Trade and several other important efforts within the government. But he has also started a sustainability company that uses advanced data analytics to help companies see their sustainability or their lack of sustainability throughout the supply chain and throughout their portfolio. So thank you, Dong Su, for agreeing to uh, join me here on the AFIRE podcast. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. So uh, why don't we start the discussion, you know, a little broadly in terms of where are we in terms of sustainability and creating sustainability and what needs to happen going forward? I think we have a lot to go long way to go we are just in, in in the bottom of the mountain um it took a four decades ever since we accepted the concept of a sustainable development in 1987. now umpri used the concept of esg year 2006 and it's been what 20 years ever since that right compared to 1987 it's a four decades compared to UMPRI first acceptance of ESG concept. It's a two decades. We are still struggling to find out what is sustainability and what is ESG means about. So we have a long way to go. Long way to go. Do you think there are differences regionally? I mean, you certainly always hear the, the Europeans, uh, you know, raising the flag for ESG. Uh, do you think there are some differences uh, that you're seeing in the Asia Pacific region versus, say, Europe? Yeah, there are a lot of different approaches going on. Uh, one hand, uh, you know, using conventional perspective, concept of CSR as a responsibility. On the other hand, a lot of people in these days in Western countries are using concept of sustainability, specifically framework of ESG as a perspective of investors to see sustainability as, as an opportunity. So I see differences. 
Yeah. I mean, I mean, certainly in the real estate business, you know, we think of uh, class A construction now almost requiring uh, a pretty high level of sustainability in it just to, in order to be a class A asset um, in, in a lot of cities uh, as you go across. Are there, as you are working with folks at the bottom of this mountain, uh, what are some of the things that, that we need to do and, and, and what's keeping us from doing it right? Um, it's important that we need to think about long-term sustainability, whether you are going to be in business in next, not just a decade, but also in 100 years. You want to make sure that your company sustainably grow, rather than just a few years of short-term growth. And it's important. Uh, second thing is, um, you know, we need to pay attention for what leaders say. Um, now, when there is a foggy in front of you, you know, someone needs to stand up to lead the company and find the direction. And it's, it's, we are in the stage to find out who's going to lead the market because it's a lot of ambiguous information out there and uncertainty, ambiguities. And also it's not sure whether, you know, real estate agencies need to go for sustainability because it is required or because there's an opportunities. And we need to hear from leaders to point the direction where we need, we need to go. So we are expecting strong leadership at the moment. Mm -hmm. We're expecting strong leadership, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we're always going to get it. Um, what helps in an environment where there's a lot of uncertainty, certainly about you know how things are playing out, what the markets are doing, what what people do in this kind of strange new world, um, that um, what is it that leaders need to find in order to help give them uh, a direction to go? Now leaders need to hear more stakeholder voices, rather than stockholder shareholder voices, and there's a huge discrepancies huge gap between these two perspectives. On one hand, you can say this is certainly an opportunity for rainmaking, but at the same time, it can be fire back for short-term near future. I mean, near future, it can be, it can jeopardize your business. So there's a two different voices are conflicting when leaders need to hear more stakeholder voices, including shareholder. You know, one of the things that I'm, I'm particularly curious about in terms of the experience that you've had, Dong Su, um, is that you have uh, in South Korea um, an approach to the economy and to governance uh, that looks a little different than, than it does uh, in, in the US or in Europe. Um, and you have managed to do as a country, your, your colleagues and, and your countrymen have done some amazing things and, and, you know, to a certain extent, really kind of grown in a, in a generation uh, in terms of, you know, the sophistication of the businesses themselves, the sophistication of, of the society, where it goes. Is there anything you think that we can all learn? And, you know, you spent some time in the States. You and I were both in Chicago at the same time. Um, what are some things that perhaps the rest of the world can learn from the the South Korea experience? It is quite interesting for South Korea. Um, government quite often take a leadership, which is not 
really common practice in other countries. When there's uncertainty, then government steps in to lead the market, to provide R&D, subsidization, and also other standardizations, such as, you know, when there's a different technologies that are competing in the market, quite often government steps in and facilitate the discussion to find the easier and quicker solution to accelerate innovation. I love the way you said the way you said facilitate the conversation. I mean that that's that sounds almost like a, like a McKenzie or a, or a Bain or or other consulting firm sitting down or Deloitte, and a government thinking that way. A government thinking, all right, let, let's listen. Let's let's spend some time and think about what you know, what you don't know, and 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 move from there. Is that an accurate reflection? Yeah, that's quite interesting um, comparison. Yeah, quite often Korean government also sees it as an actor, important actor for the market development. In that sense, yes, I would say, yeah, in that sense, I would say, yeah, Korean government sees their role as a, like a consultancy or a facilitator, at least. I, I'd love to see that happen in, in Washington, D.C., in the United States. That would be kind of interesting uh, for that to actually take place. Um, but... Um, back to the the sustainability and and you know the importance uh, for data uh, and, and thinking about as leaders trying to trying to guide themselves into a new unfamiliar territory and doing so with a gut instinct that isn't there anymore because it's new and unfamiliar. Um, how can companies use data and collect data to help them understand not just what's happening on site, but throughout the entire supply chain and, and, and everywhere else. We do have a limited information to see corporate performance. Financial information isn't enough to understand how corporate behave. Financial information tells you the bottom of the line, but we wanna, know, we wanna understand what's behind over the bottom of the line how they made the money, how they interacted with customers, and how they developed their product, and what's their future. Not just the one sentence that tells you, you know, this is money figure that we earned last physical year, but also we want to understand what's going on behind the scene. So to project further and forecast further your performance. So the data, what we are talking about sustainability, shows the shade areas that never been revealed before. So the figures and the information that you see in, on, on the website or corporate financial report is the, the final statement, but it doesn't tell how you behaved. So the sustainable data tells you how corporate on the money. So it's there's a lot more things going on than just the last sentence of the figure. So if you understand the sustainability issues, it also tells you management and culture and all these kinds of soft things that we can never kind of get our hands on because it talks about how you're doing it, how you're managing what you're doing with it. Is that is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's exactly. Once you understand it, you may not like the company, you don't appreciate the earnings, but disappreciate it because 
it doesn't really help for long-term performance for the company at the same time for the stakeholders. Maybe you should feel guilt about it because you invested the company and helped to grow in that way. Or there's an alternative choice. You don't have to invest to that company, but find a better solution using sustainability data. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's a, gosh, that's an important insight that, that, you know, we talk about collecting sustainability data too often just to prove to everyone else that we, we are behaving in a more sustainable manner. But to be able to look at that same data and say, what does this tell us? Um, even beyond, you know, how much carbon uh, of a fo carbon footprint you have, but how are you working? I think that that's a that's a keen insight and and one that uh, I hope uh, a lot of people take to heart because I, I think there's some real truth there. Um, when we've gone through a lot, I mean, it's been different for uh, South Korea than it has for a lot of other countries around the world, and continues to evolve. Um, but how do you think um, the COVID experience? that we've all been through is impacting or will impact sustainability and our approach to it. COVID-19 actually has a huge impact on supply chain, deshoring and offshoring type of things in supply chain, but also it had a huge impact for the companies, the, the way over there are doing business. Before, it's it, how I would like praise as a physical word. You have to connect. You have to see each other. You have to check each other. But now it completely moved to online. It's untacked. That's one. Number two is now we understand that we don't really need to spend a lot of money for building uh, internal system to trace different things. I mean... In physical world, you literally have to do it block by block, you know, line by line. You really have to check it. But now we are moving to more digital transformation to trace the information without contact, which actually helps to improve their corporate sustainability performance as well. Because in untapped world, you know, you less produce carbon emission, you more looking for innovative way of doing business. Otherwise, you can't survive in this situation. So COVID-19 actually accelerates innovation further to sustainability direction. I think so. I, I think that to a certain extent, I think that a, a lot of folks hope that's the case, but then there's a lot of folks saying, we're going to go right back to the way things were before. Uh, and there's a bit of a struggle, I think, uh, between those things as, as we're going forward. Um, and so I, I just, what are you most hopeful about when you look at, you know, sustainability um, and, and what we're going to accomplish perhaps in the next five years? Next five years, it will be great to see more transparent corporate information disclosure in terms of sustainability. We need to push companies further, you know, they need to disclose further transparent sustainability information, not just for investors, but also for them. You know, you are in the business, not just for making money, because you are in the business, because you believe 
because you can help the people's lives, not just because making money. So if you are hope, if you are believing that you are existing to help people, the lives, then you better be transparent for your sustainability, sustainability information. That's one thing. Second thing is uh, I I hope to see more public invest uh, public money investors like such as a pension fund moving toward sustainability. If it's a private fund or private money, it's okay. But if it's a public money to help with those companies which is not sustainable, then actually it jeopardizes our lives, right? So I'm hoping to see more public interest money goes to sustainability. Third, I want to see the companies in each industry to stand up for sustainability. Hey, listen, I'm in chemical industry. I will lead the chemical market in terms of sustainability. I'm in fashion industry. I'm the one. If, if, if you want to find any best fashion industry sustainable company, that's me. I want to see any companies standing for that kind of things. Fourth, which is the most important, I think. I want to see any politicians stand for this. Hey, I'm the world's first sustainability president. I'm the first congressman who really focuses on sustainability. If you have any agenda issue in terms of environment, social, or governance, you have to come to me and discuss, talk to me, and I will come up with the bill that, you know, any regulations you are expecting, and, and I'm, I'm open to discussion, and I'm the one who you really need to talk to. So fourth thing is, I think, the most important thing that I want to see in the market. I love that. I am the one for sustainability. I, I, I That should be a t-shirt. Uh, <laughs> that, I think that's fantastic. Um, and I do think there are some folks, certainly within the institutional kind of public money uh, folks that are very interested in moving the, the ball along. And, and I hope that uh, many of them will uh, think to reach out to you uh, to get some insight in terms of what you're doing and where they're going. So we've, we've run out of time uh, for the podcast and uh, we could easily take this conversation much longer than we have. But uh, thank you, Dunksu, for uh, spending time with us on the AFIRE podcast. Thank you, Gunnar. You've been listening to the AFIRE podcast. Remember to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform, including Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. AFIRE is not engaged in providing tax, accounting, or legal advice through this podcast. No content included here is to be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell any asset. Some information, including the AFIRE podcast, may have been obtained from third-party sources considered to be reliable. AFIRE is not responsible for guaranteeing the accuracy of third-party information. The opinions expressed in the AFIRE podcast are those of its respective contributors and do not necessarily reflect those of AFIRE. To learn more about the AFIRE podcast, including underwriting and guest opportunities, visit afire.org slash podcast.